listening to the Escapecraft podcast on the 11th of December. This week we're going to bring you the Christmas Bumper Edition, brought to you by myself, Tyrus Engineer, and Hacksaw's Dude Person. Hello. Hello. Sadly, Rock Beefchest has died. We have sent our condolences to his family, and we gave him an appropriately long silence. Five seconds to be precise. Moving on. Tyrus, bring us the event from this grand day. Well, uh, recently we've had The Cube, which was the first event that Escapecraft ever did. We decided to bring it out of retirement. I think Steve had done some changes to it. So there were some very interesting uh, sand-based traps with like, the entire arena turning to sand, which was quite interesting to watch when people were getting pulled down by it. And Invernable won that, which is starting to become not really very surprising. Come on, guys, we need to beat him. He's been winning consistently for like the last six weeks. It's starting to look like a bit of a scam. Uh, it is legit. He's just very good. So you need to practice and beat him because he's, he's got like a year's worth of royalty. You need to get some of it back. I think we need to work out what he's good at and create events that are entirely the opposite of that so he has no chance of winning. The problem with that is he, doesn't, he isn't forced to participate. So, unless, um, well, we could force him to participate. Yes, Invon must participate in all events from now on. Okay, so that's the plan for the future then. We've also, uh, also in the future, coming up next week, we have the Holiday Big Build, which is uh, sort of not Christmas themed. It can be anything that reminds you of this time of year, so anything wintry or uh, anything like that. And it's going to be, it's going to be good. Last year's was very nice. We had some very, very high quality builds. I think we had some good Santa's workshops, everything like that. So make sure to participate in that and you can win a month's royalty. Also, in the spirit of giving, you'll be able to give one to a friend. Uh, and I'm sure they'll, it will make you, uh, they'll like you a lot more after that. So <laughs> make sure to participate if you want more friends. Um, lastly, that is going to be the last event of the year because the events team surprisingly has lives and we're all broken and tired after doing a year of events so deal with it for the rest of the year make sure to keep watching the forums though because events will be coming back in january and it will be good fun um particularly since the event we're going to start with is one that a lot of players have been uh, been wanting so make sure to what you can guess try and guess which that one is in the thread i guess thanks for that tyrus now here at escapecraft we want to give you the best possible experiences we can over christmas Having said that, we spent $5 and got one carton of eggnog between the whole staff. Ooh, about that. Um, yeah. It wasn't even that nice, don't worry. He bought the cheap stuff again. So, as a reward for drinking all of the eggnog, Hax is here to talk us through what is going on this Christmas at Escapecraft. Okay then, well, it's Christmas, or you know, whichever particular wintry holiday you celebrate, and we have a surprising new puzzle challenge for you. It's based off a Minecrafty retelling of a classic Christmas story, and it's going to have jumping and mazes and pushing of buttons, and eventually you're going to save Christmas. So, you know, look forward to this sometime next week. Yeah, we can't be any more specific because it's, it's, it's so good that we've just got to keep cramming more stuff into it, so... That's that's why we can't do it. It's not because we haven't been. It's not because we've been disorganised or anything. If it doesn't show up next week, it's you can take it as not because we're lazy or disorganised. It's because we're putting even more stuff into it to make it even more amazingly awesome. So yeah, make sure to check out that 
on a similar vein, we've also been doing some uh, renovations to the hub, haven't we? Which will be going out later. We have. It looks, well, how would you say it looks? Cold. It's it's very nice. You should appreciate it. I I particularly really like it. Even That might be because I built it, but I think it looks absolutely marvellous. So make sure to check that out while it's here over Christmas before it melts. In other words, plenty of stuff to look forward to and probably a lot of stuff that you're going to hate in the end. We at Escapecraft are not liable for any personal injuries you may sustain while completing or partaking in any of these events. So, don't blame us. Anyway, on to the other gaming section again. This week we're going to catch up on some of the games that have been released recently and what's coming out for Christmas. First up, Halo 4. Tyrus is going to talk about that. Yes, I've played lots of that. I've played far, probably far too much Halo 4. It's, it's really good. Um, I've been playing them since Halo 3, so I might be slightly biased. But uh, I didn't particularly enjoy Halo Reach. It's a big, a big improvement, I think. So you've got good multiplayer and everything. The campaign, I don't know whether it's just me being rubbish, but that seems a slightly too difficult. Again, that could that's probably me. Um, but yeah, so that's that's a good game for over Christmas. Uh, one of the new features that's been uh, widely spoken about is the uh, Spartan Ops multiplayer mode, which is a co-op set of missions. Uh, new set every week, and that is very good. It's a welcome addition because the firefight in Halo Reach got kind of stale after a while. So overall, I'd say it's a big improvement, and if you have an Xbox, then you should probably go and get it. Pest your parents this Christmas time. So it's that good, is it? I really like it. I think if you didn't like Halo Reach for whatever reason, then it's it's worth giving it another try. It's different enough. It's different enough that you will probably enjoy it, but it's not different enough to alienate those who did enjoy it. it it's the best Halo so far. So if you don't like Halos, then maybe not for you, but it's definitely for me. And conversely, we have Black Ops 2. Oh dear, that doesn't sound positive. What gave it away? Just the tone. Sadly, the best game from Halo is matched by the worst game from Call of Duty. This is completely opinionated and you can discredit it if you want, but... Take my advice, if you you get um, Call of Duty for the story then you're wasting your time. That's pretty much it. In fact, the multiplayer's taking a hit too, for that matter. Out of interest, just so we get some perspective here, what was your opinion on the other Call of Duty games prior to this one? So are you going into it sort of as a COD hater, or is it genuinely that bad? I don't dislike COD, per se. I just think that it gets boring after the 500th match you spend getting shot at. Isn't that kind of the point? After you've been shot at for the like I said, 500th time for multiplayer, you do get a bit bored. So you'd prefer to play an FPS in which no one shoots at you, but you shoot at them? Sounds perfect. Yes, although I'd prefer to play an FPS where things changed every so often, instead of... Uh... Now, you see, going Game of the Year 2012, um, Halo 4, that's one of the things which is good at. You get regular mission updates. Do you get anything like that with Call of Duty? I mean, I really, really haven't been following it at all because I get have enough to get one game at sort of Christmas, maybe, and that one has been Halo 4. So 
you'll need to completely bring me completely bring me up to speed. Um, as far as I know, Call of Duty is taking the normal route of just giving out downloadable multiplayer packs. The multiplayer is an add-on; it's a gimmick. The story, the single player, needs to be what sells the game. Some people might disagree with this, but in Call of Duty, it's lacking. That's a kind term. Half of the time you are spent going from flashback to flashback like you are high on LSD. The other half is just this very strange strategy game where you can defend a base against enemy soldiers and it just does not help the story or the player in any way whatsoever. It's just pointless. Is it as confusing as Black Ops' story was? Because, I mean, it wasn't the most difficult to understand, but that even that had some reasonably confusing bits, flipping backwards and forwards, conspiracy theories here and there, everything like that. So it's very difficult to get into, would you say? Or is it just a total disaster? It's gone the other way. It's made the plot so out of proportion that it's just not even a COD game anymore. It's <laughs> Actually, it's turned into some... Aspects from Halo, I'd guess. You get camouflage suits, for Christ's sakes. And You're saying this is a bad game? It's got camouflage suits in it. I like my games with a slight aspect of realism in them. And Call of Duty being grounded in the real, it's... <laughs> yes. It has sort of stopped being real. Now... Onto the multiplayer, on the other hand, I have played a couple of games, and it it's still Call of Duty multiplayer. If you get Call of Duty just for the multiplayer, then get Call of Duty Black Ops 2, because it is still the same, exactly the same multiplayer as in other games. Well, then why get a new one? <laughs> That's the point. With this one, though, you get limitations. You can only choose so many mods for your weapons and your loadout. You get 10 limitation, 10 items that you can affix to your weapons or your perks or whatever. So, if you want to take away from your experience, buy Black Ops 2 over Black Ops 1. That is this year's review. Now, there's only one aspect of Call of Duty games I've ever been interested in, and that was the Zombies mode. Have they done anything good with that in Black Ops 2? I think their main selling point for this year's Black Ops is you get to ride around in a bus. That kind of says it all. What do you do? Buses make everything better. Yay! They've made it more open world, which is all well and good, but uh, same argument with um, why I don't really like Call of Duty. It just gets samey after you've killed the 50,000th zombie. So, well done, Treyarch. You've made killing zombies slightly more preoccupying than playing multiplayer. That takes... Some skill. Okay, I think we'd better wrap up there or Matt's brain might explode from just sort of just uh, Call of Duty dislike overload. So, should we move on there? Oh, let's keep going. He might go into a frenzied rant. God, it's the worst game ever! Oh, no one should play it, no! Yeah, let's, let's, let's avoid that. Okay, one game that I've heard very great things about and it's come out recently is Planetside 2. So, I, of course, boot, uh, tried downloaded it all. It's all free to play, so if you want to give it a go, give it a go. Started running it, and my computer probably gave out because it's 
very, very intensive because it's got lots and lots of people. Have any of you tried it? Uh, no. I was busy doing other things, which I suddenly cannot remember. I have managed to get a game or, or a bit of a game on my uh, friend's computer. It's essentially an MMO FPS, so it's very fun. Think of Battlefield crossed with a persistent world, crossed with lots and lots more players, crossed with some with sci-fi. It's it's very fun to play, but yeah, my computer isn't good enough to do it all the time, so. I'm having to. What exactly do you do in an FPS in a persistent world? Do you take territory and try to hold on to it? Something like that? Yes, that's that's pretty much it. And that the way I said pretty much it makes it sound not very good, but it's very fun to play. What are the optional extras? Since it's free to play, I'm guessing you can get something for your money. I haven't looked recently because obviously it hasn't, my computer's just not been able to do it, so I've not really been into it too much. During the beta, you could get an alpha squad, something called an alpha squad, which is about the cost of a normal retail game. And that got you all sorts of extra things, like a title, like a founder's title and things like that. So I think they're going... You can't buy to win. Um, you The things you can buy there, cosmetic extras and things like that, but because you have loads of money, you won't leave everyone else behind. Which I think is a good thing, because, you know, that just seems... That defeats the object of a game. Oh, so it's not one of those freemium games where your gameplay is basically crippled until you fork out some money? No. Not at all. Excellent. So, and yeah, you've got any excuse... Well, you don't have any excuse to not buy that uh, because it's free. Uh, you can get it on Steam. Well, I guess you have the, what, the excuse that if your computer just dies like mine did, but, you know, it's very fun to play. So... Just, just roll with it. Have an ex- suffer an exploded computer if you get a few seconds of play. Um, I haven't had a chance to play a lot of big retail games because I've been disallowed from buying them as people may be buying them for maybe Christmas. But I have had a chance to play a few downloadable games, which brings me to my game of the year, which I think everyone should play, which is the Walking Dead game from Telltale. Have any of you played this game yet? I haven't played the Walking Dead, but I've very much enjoyed some of Telltale's. Um previous games like i enjoyed their tales of monkey island and their strong bads cool game for attractive people so is this a um is this another point and click sort of adventure game it's similar to that it is a lot like an interactive film in that you you make decisions which affect the characters in the story there is some basic puzzling i walk around pick up this item give it to this person put this key in this door etc but most of the time the story is about you choosing dialogue options for your character and choosing who your character chooses to help and who he chooses to dislike and watching what happens from there. I mean, for a story about a zombie apocalypse, it's really not about the zombies. The characters take center stage and it is one of the most well-crafted stories I've seen in a game in a long time. It is genuinely emotional and by episode five, because it's a five episode series, you buy the season pass or whatever, I really, really grew attached to the characters and genuinely had no idea what was going to happen. And this shall remain that way for the rest of the us. Now, onto the important question. Does it have the same screwed-up adventure game point-and-click logic? It has a certain strange sense of logic in the choices you make. You may choose a dialogue option that says, hmm, I maybe I don't agree with this person, and that person will just fly off the handle at you saying, oh, I hate you, you never agree with me on anything, you're a terrible person, go away and die in a hole. When all you really said was, 
why don't we take the other door instead of going down that way? Does it ever do any ridiculous adventure games things like uh, I got um, Secret of Monkey Island on Steam the other day and it's involved me using a rubber chicken with a pulley in the middle as a zip wire. Does it, does it ever stoop to that sort of level or is it reasonably, reasonably coherent? It's reasonably coherent. More to the fact that it's more of, like I said, an interactive film than, say, uh, one of the classic object mashing games. Sounds good then. How much is it going for at the minute? Oh, I haven't checked. Yeah, I got the season pass, which was about, I believe it was £15. I'm not sure if it's dropped in price since then. There's probably deals on Steam, you know what Steam's like, which was for all five episodes. And once you played episode one, you really won't want to stop. So definitely highly recommended from you then. I might have to give it's that a try. It's my game of the year. And it did actually win game of the year at the VGAs. I don't know how seriously people take the VGAs, but yeah, shout out to The Walking Dead there, one game of the year. Right, well, thanks for your game of the year. I'm just going to talk quickly about something which came out recently which has got numerous good reviews from people on our own staff and just around. I'm talking about To The Moon, a story-based game which has a heck load of parodies in it. I'm still trying to figure out whether it's a sad genre game, whether it's comedy, whether it's who knows what actually. So it's very confused. Is is it directionless, or does that all kind of come together and work? Well, I guess it does if it's your game of the year. Um, on the same level as Bastion, you start off knowing something between bugger and all, and you work through the story, you get this picture, and it slowly builds itself together until you're left with something which is genuinely moving, and you feel for the characters. Now, I'm just going to call you out on something. If you'll remember, in our first podcast, you said that your game of the year was Dishonored. So you're saying this is dethroned Dishonored as your game of the year. After that review, I kept on playing Dishonored and realised that it's just broke. Really? Do tell more. Quick retrospective. (laughs) (laughs) Retrospective, indeed. Right, um, after that review, I got onto a mission where uh, basically it was a impossible mission for me you just it just became impossible the game does not give you any leeway whatsoever and it just lost it well done dishonored you have lost your game of the year throne so what we've what we've learned from this is don't listen to anything we say regarding games recommendations and unless we're talking about something which we've like finished because otherwise we could completely change our opinions, and you could agree with us again, and it could all go horribly wrong. It's okay, guys. I finished The Walking Dead. It was good. It didn't break. Well, it only broke once or twice, but they fixed that. It, it's good now. Anyway, continue. To the moon. To the moon. I'm not going to spoil anything, because I'm hoping a lot of people will still get it, and they will kill me if I spoil it. So, to the moon. Um, I got it with a soundtrack option, which was a boon when I played it. I went through the whole game in one sitting of about two or three hours, so it's not that long. So you play as one of two characters who are these... I'm going to say people with god complexes. Officially, they offer people who are on the deathbed the chance to go back through the past and change something. So they might want to go to the moon. These people can 
go and change the past so that they do go to the moon in their memories, just to give them that little bit of happiness in the end. Unofficially, these are people who have no idea about um, invading privacy and like messing with other people. They have God complexes. So it sounds like it's going to be some sort of really moving thing and then they end up being scumbags or is it just kind of, is it portrayed in a way that they're still sort of likable characters? Uh, the number of parodies, like I say, said keeps it very light-hearted. You do get to one part where you get to similar feelings about um, them being um, douches or annoying or whatever name you wish to call them. But it's is still a good game. You still feel for the characters and it's still uh, very emotionally driving. I know that Drox has also had a playthrough of this, so has he got any opinions on this? Oh, I... Uh, I haven't played it uh, through yet, but so uh, as far as I have played it, I have really, really enjoyed it. I had many laughs, and yeah, it's generally fun. Get it. I was just going to say, since we didn't actually introduce him, and I think he mentioned something in the last podcast, Drox is the person who does our recording, so if you hear him from time to time, don't be alarmed. There's nothing wrong with your your computer. He He's just there. Just hiding in the closet. Now you ruined it. All is for naught. <laughs> oh no, I'm listening to one of those weird German podcasts again. How do I get it back to Escapecraft? Control Alt F4, I think. Hooray! Wait, that just broke everything. Oh, it's Control uh, Alternate Delete. That too. I get the feeling none of these solutions actually work. They might. You just need to try them. What could go wrong? Trust them, they're admins. Okay, folks, well, um, that's about it for the big games of the season. We can move on to stocking fillers, the smaller, lighter games that people have been playing and buying that we could recommend. Okay, well, one, game's, one game, I mentioned it earlier, that I've bought. I've been very into my Monkey Island games of late. Um, they're point-and-click point adventure games. They're normally about five or six pounds on Steam. Maybe seven. They're not. They're not too expensive, um, and as I mentioned earlier, they do have some very, very strange logic bits in it, like the aforementioned rubber chicken with a pulley in in the middle. But despite that, they're still fun to play. Um, they're very funny games. They have a good sense of humour, and they're they're nice and challenging as well. Even if they're not as frenetic as some of the shooters that we've mentioned, like Halo Four. So I would say if you see those, consider getting them. Give, give them to your friends if they're on sale, because they'll be a Christmas sale. There always is a Christmas sale. How about you guys? Do you have anything? I've recently been traversing the Steam sales and just my Steam and looking at some of the older games that I have, and I've got back to being hooked on Bastion again, one of the aforementioned very story-driven games, which is really good. Um, not going to go into any detail here because everything's a spoiler. Yes, and all I will say is that you could just get the game for the narrator. That is one of the reasons why you might get the game, just because the person talking in your ear has such a good voice that you would pay to listen to him more. 
That probably sounds very strange. Yeah, it does, but I kind of know what you mean. Stan from Monkey Island, who is, if you look on the forums, he's my avatar. Uh, in the special edition, his voice is just absolutely ridiculous. He's a used boat salesman and a used coffin salesman in the second game. And he's just the sleaziest guy. So, I, I understand where you're coming from with that. So how about you, Drox, Hacks? Do you have any any games you've been, or you'd recommend, sort of little extras? Well, on the console front, anyone who's been looking for a sort of Mario Kart party racing type game, because Mario Kart hasn't been doing very well recently, they could run out a couple of games with a couple of features that weren't too well received. I've been playing Sonic All-Stars Racing, the new game, Racing Transformed, and I genuinely consider this is a contender with Mario Kart, which a lot of people consider their classic racing game. That is a controversial viewpoint. So what makes it, it good? Is. Or better, even? It's... Well, that doesn't help that um, Mario Kart's been going downhill a bit recently, but this is a kart racer that gets a lot of things right. I mean, the gimmick of this game is that your vehicle transforms, you can drive off a cliff into water and it'll suddenly become a boat and then it'll go up into the air and become a plane. I know they did this recently with the recent Mario Kart game, but this is a game that gets it right. I mean, it feels like each control method in each vehicle is genuinely unique and fun. The game is really fast-paced and frantic. There's all sorts of crazy power-ups. You can throw swarms of bees at people and drop blowfish on the track that blow up in people's faces and all sorts of wacky stuff. The tracks are really fun. The characters are, well, they're wacky Sega characters from the ones people know, like Sonic, right up to, you know, all sorts of crazy junk. And it's just a really fun game. It's got a lot of modes, a lot of things to unlock, a lot of things to do. And four-player split-screen, ten-player online. So, you know... What more do you want in a kart racer? And is that for is that for all consoles or is that is that console this is for specific? PS3 and 360? Yes, I believe it's also out on the PC. Is it physically possible to lose this? Yeah, it's entirely possible to lose. I mean, you play this game on medium or higher, and the AI can actually be pretty smart. Chucking, I mean, you can be stuck in eighth or ninth place and still have a crapload of power ups thrown in your face. It's it's that kind of frantic, fast paced kart racing people know and love from Mario Kart. Does it have any of the really ma- annoying cop out items like the blue shell from Mario Kart? Well, the swarm of bees, it goes to the, fir- the player in first place and it just spawns a load of giant bees on the track in front of them that they then, they then have to avoid. So unlike the blue shell, it is possible to avoid, but it takes a bit of skill, especially if you're going at speed. You can avoid the blue shell by boosting at the exact millisecond where the blue shell comes down. This has been tried and tested many times by me. Well, you're obviously more competent at Mario Kart than me. I, it annoys me every single time. And of course, as soon as you get hit by the blue shell, no one else behind you will be hit by it, and they'll all just calmly drive on by. Uh, speaking of um, racing games, have either of has anyone here played Race Driver Grid for the PlayStation Three or whatever? It, no, I haven't. Tell me more. I need more. I need less violent games. It's very awkward at Christmas time when got younger cousins coming over, and they have a choice of lots of games in which they can shoot other people's heads off. And so, so just some driving games would be a bonus. Tell me more. Right. Um, sorry about this, but your no violence rule is sort of down the drain. It's a realistic driving simulator, and in my opinion, it's better than um, Gran Turismo, the so-called real driving simulator. It takes a much more pessimistic approach to damage in that you can actually damage your wheels, your steering, and your engine, and it really affects your performance. 
Of course, it doesn't stop you from spinning out and flipping into a wall at 500 miles an hour, but that's your own lookout. Okay, and Drox, seeing as you're here, do you have any games that you'd recommend as sort of little bonus extras? I have played a lot of Space Pirates and Zombies these last days. It's... It sounds ridiculous. It's fun. Uh, kind of fun. It's not what you expect. It depends uh, on what kind of um, games you like, if you like the game. And is that on the PC? It's, it's, it's a PC game, yes. What is um, Space Pirates and Zombies? I have it, but I'm still pondering just what it is. Um, basically, uh, you have a big fat mothership. Uh, and that you have to uh, defend against multiple kinds of enemies. And um, you can control up to th uh, three um, smaller ships uh, at the same time. That's, uh, it's hard to describe. Basically, it would be easier to just watch a video. <laughs> uh, uh, to get a um, uh, and now the words are failing me, but it's good, and that's what matters. Yeah, it's 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 fun. I found it fun. It's uh, made by one. I think it's one person, maybe two. So yeah, it's not bad, not bad at all, from my point of view. Sounds good. I might have to give that one a try, even if it's just because of the ridiculous name. Space Pirates and Zombies screams quality. Yeah, there's a lot of good... Going a bit off topic here, there's a lot of games on Steam at the minute which just have really good names, like I've seen Orcs Must Die, and obviously Space Pirates and Zombies. There's all sorts of games which just look completely ridiculous just to the name. They're named very well. Anyway, back on topic. Anyone else got any games? I would say the one thing that I've played a bit of recently, having been convinced by my friend, who I'm now counter-convincing into playing Minecraft, um, is the original Counter-Strike. It's a lot cheaper than Counter-Strike Global Offensive, which is the newest game in the series. However, I actually prefer it. I think it's... Well, for one thing, as I say, my computer isn't necessarily the best, and uh, it runs a lot better, although it should do because it's from 1998 or something. Um, but I don't know why, it just seems to, I just seem to prefer it for some reason. So I'd definitely recommend that, especially since because it's a Valve game, it's almost certainly going to go down ridiculously on sale over Christmas. So that's, that would be my other game to recommend as, sort of, as a stocking stuffer. There's one other little um, game which is out on various platforms, including the PC, which I have been fairly addicted to recently, and I would recommend everyone give it a try, which is um, Scribblenauts Unlimited. Anyone else here played any of the Scribblenauts games before? I have played Scribble, well, the second one, Super Scribblenauts, I think, on my DS, and I've very much enjoyed it, although it seems kind of pointless. I played it for a bit, and it's quite cool that you can spawn in any item you want from the dictionary, but I got bored with it after a while, so convince me yeah, to try it again. Yeah, that's kind of it's kind of a love it or hate it thing, I guess. I mean, the concept is brilliant that's behind it, and this one, unlike the previous ones, which gave you levels that tasked you with solving certain problems, introduces an open world where there's all manner of people needing problems solved. Basically, the gist with this game is 
your character has a magic notepad that you can write in any object and it will spawn that object in the game for you to use. So you, if you can think of a thing that isn't a copyrighted thing, you can probably spawn it. So you could spawn anything from, say, a cat to a toaster to a Cthulhu if you wanted. And the great thing about this game is you can add adjectives to words as well. So you could have a spotty, pink, invisible, flying, magic Cthulhu. And you could make him fight God. I was just going to go on to that. Are some of the things as broken as before? Because in the game which I've played, I could pr complete quite a lot of the levels by bringing in invincible Cthulhus. There are a few challenges in this one where you, you use the invincible adjective and it says, no, you can't cheat and make things that are super overpowered. Or they just trap you in a room full of fire and say, hey, figure out how to get out before you die. It's not a particularly challenging game. You'll probably figure out solutions to most of the puzzles fairly simply, but it is just a hell of a lot of fun to spawn random objects, strap other random objects to them, and then make them fight. You know, you, you can just... If you can think of it, you can you can make it. And that's out on... What's out on? It's out on the Wii U and the 3DS, but mostly it's out on the PC, which is super important. Oh, oh, one new feature they did add to it, Tyrus, which is new from the previous game, is um you can make your own objects this time around. You can take existing base objects, various parts of them, and just sort of meld them together, create entirely new things, give them new ad attributes, make them do certain things. For instance, I created Batman. Yeah, you can spawn in Batman, he flies around, he beats up monsters, and he's generally badass. Sounds good. Sounds... Mm -hmm. Is it as game-breaking as the Invincible Cthulhu, though? Doesn't sound like it will be in this game, but, you know, always the possibility. Well, you can make things as game-breaking or as game-changing as you like. And um, I believe it's on Steam. I don't know if it's out in this country yet, but it does have Steam Workshop integration. So if you create something wacky, you can share it with other people. You can download their wacky things and play with them too. Wonderful. Now, one last thing, and it's going to be a warning. Something that you probably do not want to get. Um, Mario and Sonic at the Winter Olympics. Oh, God, why would you bring this up? Why, Matt? Why? This is a public health announcement. Do not get this as your stocking filler, or else you will have no more friends in your f household. No more friends altogether if you make them play it. I remember playing the originals Mario and Sonic at the Olympics, like, whatever, what was it, five years ago? Just every single event consisted of shake the remote and nunchuck wildly to win event. Pretty much. The story was non-existent, and I think I just lost it after the fifth event where nothing actually happened. You do get the dream events, which are slightly more fun, but you don't unlock those without um, doing the normal events until your brain has melted. Is that game even on any platforms that aren't the Wii? It's on the DS, don't forget, Hacks. It's a, mu a must-have for the DS, I mean... Oh, absolutely. Don't you just love those touchscreen running and swimming and jumping actions? Bearing in mind, you can only do one action on the DS, which is to rub the touchpad. Yes, unlike the Wii version, which would be flail wildly to win, that would just be destroy your touchscreen to win. And thank you for listening to the Escapecraft podcast this time. I've been Tyrus. I have been Hacksaw's Dude. And I've been M4 Numbers. Thank you for listening, and good night. Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas. Happy ho holidays for peoples. That could have sounded a lot better. We're so culturally aware. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Hannah Kwanzaa. Happy Winterville. And many happy returns. Good night. Mm -hmm.
Yeah.